Welcome back to the Advocates Advocates podcast, the show that is bringing simplicity back into the complex world of wine, beer, spirits. I am your host, Spence Kraft. As always, to my left, I do have my partner in crime, Kenyatta Sinuel. Hola. All right, Kenyatta, today we are drinking English-style brown ales. Looking forward to it. This is going to be fun. Yeah, so this is episode two of a four-part series over brown ales. We did the intro to brown ales two weeks ago. Uh, I do got to apologize about last week. We weren't able to get out of show, but it's okay. Uh, We are back at it. Um, And we are going to now focus on English brown ales. Our industry professional is Owen Stovall. Yes, he is back, the cheese guru, beer guru, spirit guru. This guy is a true renaissance man. Owen, welcome back. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for bringing me back, guys. How are you guys doing today? Excellent. And hopefully your mom is listening to this one, too. What's up, mom? What's your boy? What's up? <laughs> and our average imbiber is Daniel Hart. Glad to be here. I'm really Absolutely. excited to try these. So, Daniel, uh, I'm going to give you all a little history about uh, how Daniel got here tonight. He was one of the earliest supporters of the Advocates Advocates podcast. And uh, he comes in to Great Flood every Monday night. We've gotten to know each other a little bit uh, just from that uh, bartender-customer relationship. And uh, he, he's been very active within the Facebook group. So, Daniel, I thank you for that. Thank you for being here. And uh, so, Daniel, he said, how do I get on? I said, well, what do you like to drink? Obviously, he said... Brown ales. Brown ales. Uh, Daniel told me before the show... Brown ales are... So I gotta tell you, brown ales, especially English brown ales, are what made me fall in love with beer. There we go. So for all those, you know, early entry beer drinkers, uh, definitely listen up to this one. Uh, This may be the beer that makes you fall in love and develop your palate. So Daniel, here on this show, the reason we are here is we got tired of people telling us what to drink. These self-proclaimed advocates. So we want to keep all our biases out open what do you lean towards? Obviously, brown ales are a favorite, but what else do you enjoy and what do you absolutely stay away from? So I usually lean, obviously, towards the brown ales. Um, anything with more of a malty, toffee kind of flavor. Um, now, occasionally, I'll go to an IPA, but I like to try to keep the IBUs you know, in that 90s and below. Um, I don't want to be overpowered by the humps. I like a nice kind of bready flavor to it. Um, so Oktoberfest, different things like that, stouts, porters, things of that nature. Um, really, what I kind of try to stay away from are the Belgians. Um, not a big fan of that yeasty flavor of the Belgians. And saisons and sours, just kind of not my gig. Well, we, uh, we do have Belgians coming up here in a few weeks, so uh, hopefully you'll join us and at least uh, sample a few of those. Never say no to trying a beer. Even if you think you don't like them, you always have to try it. There you go, and that's our, our uh, average imbiber, folks. So, uh, Owen, I know we've had you on before. Uh, if you'll just remind us what you really, really like, what you really, really don't like, and um, I don't know, tell us something fun. I'm, you're a renaissance guy. You do it all. What haven't you done? Shoot, you just played a show. Yes, I did. I just got done playing my first concert in about a year and a half this past uh, Friday at Odeon, which I was very, very thankful for. Uh, um, yeah, I, as far as beers go, uh, one of the very first craft beers that I first indulged, if you'd call it a craft beer, was 
uh, my friend had a case of the Newcastle Brown Ales, and I'd never heard of anything, uh, something so dark before, and he, he let me drink one, and I immediately fell in love with it. It had a lot of nit- natural hazelnut and coffee, more uh, almond notes to it, which I absolutely just fell head over heels in love with. Uh, so just like Daniel, I have a very, very uh, close relationship with all my brown ales. Uh, we're currently sitting in Great Flip Brewing Company, which has one of the, the, the tastiest brown ales, I think, uh, that you can find in the local market right now, which we're very, very thankful for. Uh, as far as my personal taste in beers go, I love brown ales. I love dark beers, especially getting to this time of year. Uh, the last podcast that was on uh, was all about pumpkin beers. I definitely yes. don't try to shy, shy away from my pumpkin beers this time of the year. I love all of that cinnamon chai sort of flavoring spice that you get with it i think that's really enjoyable and uh tastes goes it, 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 it pairs very well when you're watching hocus pocus on your couch <laughs> with a pair of um so yeah i'm really leaning towards those i'm really leaning towards my barrel aged beers my barley wines this time of year something a little bit either boozier or something a little bit lower in abv but high in flavor sure. this is the time of year where i'm shying away from sour beers uh belgians uh, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest Saison or Wheat Beer fan, so that's kind of what I'm shying away from this time of year. But once okay. we come around to the uh, those hotter summer days, I'm sure that's all going to sure. change a little bit. And this actually reminds me um, our libation education part for this show. But before I get into that, I want to, again, welcome Kenyatta to the show. Hey, guys. So we missed you last week. Um, sorry we weren't able to get that out, but oh, that no just worries. shows how integral you are <laughs> to this show. Well, so, I, I appreciate that. But you are a self-proclaimed hop head, a booze cruiser, the bigger the better. Uh, anything you want to add before trying these English-style brown ales? Um, I would, the only thing I would add is uh, since I've, you know, kind of try, you know opened myself up to different types of beers and styles, um, you know, I... Uh, I found a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have tried a couple years ago and kind of everyone else what they said around here. Just try a beer, give it a whirl, and if you don't like it, that's okay. Try another one and just keep going. So um, and I'm, in, I'm looking forward to Brown Ales. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to see what these taste like. Excellent. Well, um, so as we touched on our last episode, the introduction to brown ales. Uh, brown ales are made with brown malt. They are usually lightly hopped. Um, American brown ales, of course, are going to use American hops. English brown ales are going to be lighter on that IBU, lighter on the hop, uh, typically lighter in color as well, typically, not always. Um, and lower ABV, the ABV of a brown is typically going to rest around five to nine. Puppy. But the, uh, the fun thing about brown ales is it really allows the, the brewmaker to the brewmaster to actually play and have some fun. Uh, you actually are seeing some like hazelnut stuff. You're seeing some marshmallow even, barrel aged. Um, so there's a lot of evolution going on, but this is just going to be a basic uh, English style brown ale. So for those surrounding me. We have three beers in front of us. We are always going to drink left from right, beer one, beer two, and beer three. Uh, our goal is to bring simplicity to the complex world, so it only makes sense that uh, the way we taste is simple. And our grid is just that. It is based on sight, smell, taste, 
finish, and then we come together for a conclusion. Uh, Owen, you are the professional here within the uh, group, and so let's raise glass number one and have you go through the grid. Then Daniel, uh, I'm going to actually have you go through beer number two solo and get your average imbibe, imbiber's impression of that one. So, Owen. Beer number one, what do you see, smell, taste? Well, before we go forward, I think it's important when we're talking about specifically English brown ales, uh, one of the things that we need to make sure that we differentiate is the difference between northern English brown ales and southern uh, English brown ales. These are two very distinct and different categories. Okay, uh, that's good to know because yeah. uh, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, Northern English style brown ales are typically what you're going to find more here in the United States. Okay. Um, so these are going to be a little bit more red in color, a little bit more malty, light body. Like Spence said, it's very, very hard to find a, a, a Northern style English brown ale. It's going to be higher than 6% ABV. Um, and that's to promote drinkability. The more, the lower that they keep the ABV, the more of it that you can drink, the more money that people are making, and the better time you can have when you're out with your friends drinking some beers. Um, make it through that football game. Make it through that football game, man, yeah. or that soccer game, or whatever your your sport of choice is. Oh, that's what I meant by football. football. Oh, football. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Now we're talking. Yeah. Um, southern style English brown ales are going to be a little bit darker in color, a little bit more malty. This is where you're going to see a little bit more sweetness come through. So this is where you get a little. Bit more chocolate notes, a little more coffee, hazelnuts, sort of toffee notes that we were talking about. Those are a lot harder to find here in the United States. I mean, when you think of Northern England, you think of things like, you think of places like Newcastle, which is where we get the very, that very specific style of brown ale, which is uh, uh, very hard to beat. A lot, of it, a lot of people that are making brown ales are kind of emulating that. So when I look at tasting number one, the very first thing I'm noting Notice a beautiful head on it, a little bit of that lighter red, amber sort of color on it. Uh, can't hardly really see through it, kind of cloudy a little bit, always a good sign for our beers. Uh, next thing that we want to do is I'm going to open it up just a little bit by twirling around my glass. I'm going to take a smell of it. Once again, whenever we're smelling our spirits, guys, I'm going to make sure that we're leaving our mouth just, just a hair open a little bit. Uh, that's going to allow the smell of whatever alcohol that you're smelling to travel all the way through your all's nasal cavities. This is what's going to finish the back part of your all's palate. Probably will even taste a little bit in the back part of your all's mouth when you smell it. So when I smell this one, it smells pretty sweet. I get a little bit of a fruitier finish on it. Um, I don't smell too many of those darker notes. I don't smell a lot of coffee or chocolate. I get a little bit more of a, a lighter smell to it. Hey, cheers, guys. Cheers. That one's even got a little bit more of a surprisingly sweet, like sweeter taste to it um, than I feel. Um, not really what I was expecting was something that is uh, as dark a color as this one. Um, a little bit more fruity to it, a little bit less malty than maybe what I'm looking for. It doesn't have a lot of that finish to it that the, kind of sits at the top of your all's palate or kind of coats your tongue too much, kind of dissipates pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel, what do you think about tasting number one? So I was actually really surprised because with the smell of it, um, it seemed to be very strong, especially when you said the sweet category. But the taste of it was actually lighter than I expected. Sure. Um, I was expecting a heavier, more syrupy kind of flavor, but it was actually very refreshing and really went down crisply. So I'd say, like you said, a little fruitier. Um, you get a little 
more floral. I was expecting a little heavier, yeah. um, malty taste, and it didn't come through. Yeah, I, I, brown ales, I usually think of some sort of like a molasses characteristic as far as taste and as far as mouthfeel goes on it. Like it's, it kind of coats your tongue a little bit. This one, I, uh, yeah, I very much get more of a floral sort of taste on it. Maybe yeah. sort of like a chamomile sort of finish on the tip of your old nose as soon as you swallow it. Yeah, what, this, what about you? Uh, this definitely tastes much different than what it looked like in my mind. So I will say I smelled the sweetness that you're talking about, kind of that floral, but I was also smelling kind of what I was anticipating as a heavier alcohol taste to it as well. And when I tasted it, it kind of came out. My, you know, my mouth puckered on the back receptors. Yep. Little, little acidity on There's this one. There's some acidity one. there. Um, yeah, not really what I was expecting out of it at all. I mean, it's, um, I don't know what to think of this one. But, you know, hey, it's, uh, it's it definitely, I don't, this is what I'm not 100% sure of as far as a traditional, uh, you know, brown. It's, I don't want to call it artisan. I would yeah. like, a, like, hey, I just came out of the coal mines on the time, yeah. and I'm a long day at work, I'm looking for a brown ale. This is not what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah this is like, I think someone tried to do something funky with this one. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I almost feel like a barrel. Like, that kind of yeah, um, it kind of has good a call. Of that barley wine yeah. sort of yeah. finish to it that Kenyatta was pointing out when it says, when he said that it had it tastes like it has a higher ABV. Yeah. I can absolutely see this. If you told me this was a barley wine, I could have been like, okay, like I guess some of those notes in the okay. back part of that. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. See, one thing that I pick up on this, and it might go to that sweetness, is like some brown sugar, some brown sugar notes. Um, that kind of acidity, sweetness. I don't know. Something about it reminds me kind of of like uh, the German uh, cashews or almonds. That you might get, um, not as powerful, of course, not as sweet, but I mean, I dig this one. I dig it too. So, as far as traditional brown ales goes, uh, this is definitely not a bad beer. I don't know how well it could compare it to some more of the bigger name traditional brown ales. Uh, if I was looking for a brown ale, I might shy a little bit further away from this one. If I was in the mood for something a little bit lighter, a little bit something a little bit boozier, mm -hmm. I'd definitely pick this one. Uh, as far as traditional brown ales go, I'd probably give this one close to six out of ten. Okay. All right, Daniel, you've got some big shoes to fill, fill on this one. <laughs> We're on beer number two. All right. Well, let's take a look here. So, yep, we start with sight. What are you seeing? The colors? Is it opaque? Can you? Um, it's got a nice opaqueness to it. Um, See a little bit, a little more than the last one. It's got that nice kind of brown to amber feel to it, almost a glow. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of telling me from just the sight, I'm like, oh, this might be a little smoother. Um, I'm usually looking for a little darker, but this is this has got a nice reflection to it. Um, as we shift to the smell, that's that's a little more surprising. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> The smell is a little more mellow. Like yeah. There's not, there's not anything that's really standing out, and I'm, I'm hoping that doesn't mean mediocre. But once again, it smells a lot different than what it looks. Yeah, I've got, I've got a little, a little bit of a floral note, and just this, this, the slightest hint of what I'd say is kind of that malty caramel note, but not a whole lot. Um, 
I'm gonna go ahead and let's move to the taste here to see how it matches up. Okay. Wow. So I when it first comes in, it's got it's got a little bit of flavor. And at first it starts off like it's gonna be a crisp kind of lighter ale, then as it hits that mid-palate, it really starts to settle in and get heavy. Yep. And then really kind of gets heavy on the back. Yep. I'm taking the taste here. Kind of sticks on your back like you weren't expecting it. It was it's yeah. like because at first the acidity started to hit and then kind of just dissipated yeah. and yeah. it kind of lingered. But I do have taste. I think this has a little more of a maltiness taste yeah. than yeah. the previous one. And this, also, this also tastes like it has a little bit more carbonation to it as well. Yeah. Like as soon as you taste that, you taste a little bit of that yeastiness. Yep. Right that, 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 yep. that more acidic maltiness that Kenyano is pointing to. Yep. Very it quickly dissipates from the front part of your palate. It seems like that that taste is just going away, and then finishes heavily in the back part of the throat. It yeah. stays. It lingers. Yeah. yeah. It does linger. It's nice. With a heavy I like. I like this as well. So I almost want to. Say, I mean, I, I'm not sure if it's almost like I'd say it's a little heavier toasted on the malt. Yeah. It actually toasted the malt a little more. I've got a little more of that toasted. That could be back. because of the, that could also leave more of that amber color that you're yeah. seeing as well. And no, and I could be wrong, but typically when like it, your your bittering taste receptors are in the back of your your palate, mm -hmm. and so typically when when it does grab like this beer does, it indicates. Kind of a heavier IBU or a heavier use of hops within that beer. Is that accurate? Or absolutely. Think about that last super heavy IPA that you all, that you all drank. Uh, Twenty minutes high. ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> something high IBU. Uh, something uh, high IBU being the, the scale it used to indicate how bitter something is going to be. It finishes very heavily in the back part of your all's jaw. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the top part of your old throat, yep. a little bit on, the, on that, that under yeah. part of your tongue as well. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of that come through on this one. This is a hoppier brown ale, which is very hard to find. As, I, as, as, as we mentioned earlier, with our traditional style brown ales, they use very minimal hop uh, flavors and mm -hmm. notes because they don't use a lot of hops when they make this beer. They want it to be a little bit more malty, a little bit more, uh, more velvety. Yeah. velvety uh, and this one kind of shies away from that a little bit. I, and, it, and in a way, once again, maybe not more traditional style, but this is something that I can absolutely see myself. Oh, this is this is kind of in my wheelhouse a yeah. little bit. So. <laughs> of course, it's your yeah. <laughs> I, I would say this much. I mean, this almost feels like they had to Americanize this a bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, let's throw some hops in there. It's like the Americans will drink that. it. But now, I will say, like, as, as for drinkability, I'm not sure I would, like, do this as just a straight drink, but I think pairing this with food. This would be a great one. That's a great call, yeah. Uh, what, what would uh, you want to pair this with, possibly? So, with this, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i a classic old school kind of guy, like a good pot roast Yorkshire pudding, but honestly, if I'm stepping outside of the box a little bit, really um, cool kind of yeah. and, like some, some baked apples with melted Gouda inside, I think they kind of smoked Gouda. Kind of <laughs> this is the cheese mold. So coming in 2019, the food show. Yeah. Uh, but I think like a, a nice smoked flavored cheese would really pair well with this, with the kind of heaviness at the end. Mm -hmm. I'd like to kind of feel it mingle and get that that taste profile. I actually think that's not a bad call. I mean, maybe um, you know, I like the gouda. I like to call in a gouda cheese. Maybe something a little more um, along those lines as well. I mean. Now I'm nowhere near a cheese head, so but 
I know I know I like it. I eat it for Salou, one of my yeah. favorite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we're not doing a cheese show. Yeah. So. Coming to you all yes. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, as, as Daniel was saying, I absolutely see myself pairing that with something like a, a, a heavier dinner. Yeah. Like a hot roast would be great with something like this because it's, yep. it's got a little bit of that darker characteristic, but it finishes pretty cleanly and it would accent a lot of your darker flavors a lot. So I think yeah. y'all are crazy. You think so? I will drink this all day, every day. I, I would absolutely. Well, I would too, but, but but you're you're right. I, I am interested to see what the uh, what the ABV. Yeah. Is on this one because yeah, this is probably this is probably one of those. Uh, I say I could be drinking it all day. That I may be on the floor. Yeah, but, I feel like it definitely lingers in your mouth and in your throat. Even I mean, you know, a couple minutes after the initial drink, it's still oh, it's there. still there. Yeah, yep. it's still there. But I do like that one a lot. Yep, so, yep, yep, yep. I all right. Give that one eight out of ten. So that's uh, higher than that first one. So here's a question. So neither one of these first two really fit the profile of a traditional. Yeah. Okay. I, so, so actually, so I spent a good amount of time. Uh, I got told my degrees in archaeology, and my specialty is on the northern English frontier. So, uh, so I actually got to spend a good amount of time in English pubs. We need to invite this guy back. Uh, <laughs> You're supposed so, to be the average imbiber. Yeah, right? But here's here's a shout out to the Beacon, uh, one of the best pubs I've ever been in. But, so yeah, but it's kind of nice though because that's why I love brown ales is because they are so flexible mm-hmm. and they are so distinct, even within the English. I mean, we've gone from a kind of like what I would call our first one, the mediocre drinkable beer, where if you're having friends over for a party and you're kind of transitioning those people from the macro lagers, yep. that's a nice one to jump them into. With the second one, I'm like, all right, I've got some friends who like a little fuller flavored beer. This is something I'm going to pick up. Okay. All right. Man, it's beat. We gotta step our game up here. <laughs> Kenyatta would ask you to do the third one, but man, oh man, I don't. Did, I uh, literally. This is the first show. I'm literally like, I guess I'm the average guy. I'm nowhere near. Buddy. So if I'm well, looking at the average color, guy, go ahead. So if I'm looking at the color, this has definitely got a much darker color. Very can't see through it. It's got a little bit of a red hue on it, but it's mostly just dark. Oh, good shot. Even got the chandelier in there. Very good, very good. So I'm going to try to go to the smell next. Okay, I like that one. That one has a little bit, I can smell a little bit of some maltiness in there, a little bit of caramel in there. Um, Not not as overpowering as the first one, which is fine. Um, Definitely much more present than the second one. So... If so I, far, I'm if picking I could up jump both in, I'm, I'm picking, like, even the smell on this is heavier. I'm talking coffee smell. Yes. I'm talking toffee. I'm talking chocolate. Where the other two were, yeah. were, like, caramel and some of that. Yep. I mean, still, still sweet, but yep. that lighter sweetness. This is almost, like, heavy on the nose, this even. This is that toffee richness. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty excited. That chocolate Yeah, so far, two for two in my book. I'm like, okay, we may be getting there. So let's do the taste, guys. Sorry to jump in, can you add a bit? Nope, it's all good. Oh. Oh, that's... Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. I wish I got that face on camera, Daniel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good. All right, so as you can tell yeah. by just what we've just stated, we all, I think, oh, definitely like the taste is, of that one. That is. 
some maltiness, some of that chocolate tones that you're picking up there. Um, it does linger on the back, but it's not high in acidity. It's it's actually. Uh, go ahead. I will. Well, I didn't mean to cut, cut you off. I do think that it has a little bit of that bitterness to it, but it's mm -hmm. not the same way as like a like a hot bitterness. It's more of like a dark chocolate yes. sort of bitterness to it. Right. One of the things that you're looking for when you're talking about your English style, your traditional style English brown ales, is something. Most of these are going to be served at higher, warmer temperatures. Yep. It's a very Americanized a thing to serve things like very very cold. Uh, especially in frosted mugs, which they would kind yeah. of like absolutely kick you out of the bar if you suggested which, that. Which which actually that's a good point actually. I mean this is even something that is, can be served at yep. room temperature and it's not gonna affect the flavor too which much. Which even at all even this we're drinking it a little colder than what we would. Sure. So that's fair. That's very fair as I'm trying to warm this up a bit more. Yeah, that's a great idea. Hey, Kenyatta, show us how uh, how you warm it up. I don't think I'm doing it correct, but hey, I'm just trying to go Mr. Miyagi no, on No, this you're, uh, that's absolutely right. <laughs> you're going to cup the yep. cup it in your hands, and you're just going to yep. try to, try to get lightly it. stir. I'm yeah. sitting here shaking the phone as I'm doing it. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> uh, but no, that's... Uh, we need to get a gold pro. <laughs> so what I, what I really enjoy about this one is... The consistency of the flavor from the front oh, of the yeah. all the way to the back, and the complexity of the flavor. Yeah, uh, very complex. Yes. The others have had pretty, you know, pretty succinct notes as they went through. But this one, you can—it's almost like a melody. You can feel them flow together as it goes down. One, yeah, you hit it because I was going to say this is balanced. Yeah. It's balanced across the board, and I know we throw the word balance out all the time, but. You it's know, not a word that I would use for this first two. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that second one I feel like is a very is a very special niche where I'm like, hey, I feel like this kind of beer, I'm gonna come and get this beer. But that, this is the kind of beer where if somebody handed to this to me, I'm gonna be happy no matter what beer I'm in, what yeah. beer I'm in the mood for. That so. second one almost feels like it's. I want to call three Floyds on that one, but <laughs> you would. <laughs> agree with that this is what I was expecting to this be tasting well. and uh, this pretty much hits it and hey we have army of darkness on it's even better so I'm drinking a English ale too well, you and your movies, movies man huh you and your movies it's Bruce Campbell come on <laughs> so typically Daniel uh, the next part of the show is I ask everybody their favorite beer um, but I don't think I need to. I think it's pretty clear across the board on this one, beer number three. Um, and typically the uh, industry professional, I ask them to rank most true to form, but it still sounds like beer number three. Beer number three, absolutely going to be the most true to form when we're talking about this style of beer. As 
far as favorites go, I would definitely say uh, three, one, two. Okay. But then again, even beer number one had a little bit too much of that sweetness to it. Yeah. I believe that's the one that we kind of attribute that to a little bit of a higher ABV. Right. Uh, and when you're talking about English brown ales, that's not something that you want in an English brown ale. These are things that people are drinking over there by the liters. Right. So we don't want something that's going to be super, super heavy and something that's going to bog us down and put us on the floor pretty early on in the night. We want something that's a little lower in ABV, something that's easy to sip on, uh, something that is, once it gets warmer, uh, it can, once it gets warmer, it's not going to change or affect the flavor too much. Uh, so as far as true to form goes, I'm going to go three. Two, one. Three, two, one, true to form. True to form, as far as personal favorites goes, I'm going to go three, one, two. Mm. All right, Daniel. So we asked you how you preferred the beer based on your taste. So not necessarily true to form or anything, but if you had a, a friend that came over and you said, I, I tried this English-style brown ale, you have to try it. How would you rank these? Um, I would definitely go number three. I mean, number three was off the charts. It checked all of the boxes. Um, and I'd be I'd be happy to share that with anybody from who's just drinking beer to my most snobbiest of beer friends I have. I'd be happy to really recommend on it. Uh, number two, I'd have to go as my number two because I like a good specialty beer that knows its role and goes to fill that role well. And that's, that's what number two does, and it does it solidly. Number one, I'm... You know what, I can take it or leave it just because I feel like it's a mediocre middle of the road. Um, and for me, if you're jumping into craft beer, if you're trying to make a beer, take you know, take a stand, make a statement, go with it. Don't try to be mediocre and fill the roles that like, you know, your American Longers are in film. And not bad, like I think Owen nailed it when he said a solid six out of ten. But if I'm gonna go pick up beer at the store and share with my friends, it's gonna be number three and number two. Alright. Kenyatta. Um, I think I'm I'm there. Top one is three, obviously, and um, great job on this beer. Phenomenal on this beer across the board. Two paws uh, up to that one. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll find out soon enough, but they hit they hit it right on the spot. And, you know, as it's gotten warmer, you can start tasting more of the flavors coming out. So it, this is spectacular. Um, number two would be my second favorite, and... I think a lot of that I attribute to just being a hop head. I can taste those hops coming out, and uh, it kind of hit me. It's not traditional, but it's very good. My fear on that one is I would probably be on the floor if I decided to drink that beer and uh, drink quite a bit of it. But uh, it's a good beer. It's a very good beer. Um, as others said, they're going for a niche market. Um, they, they kind of know that Americans drink their IPAs and they drink their, especially their West Coast style IPAs. And that's kind of where I think they're trying to throw some of that hoppiness in there, which is not traditional by any stretch of imagination. Number one, uh, I think someone just tried to get way too creative <laughs> and they just try to do something. And it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think everyone needs to, to go out there and make a stand and try something different. But uh, it just wasn't for me. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, I, let's when see what they do the next year. Traditional, you really can't put too much of your own personal spin on it. Correct. Like, it becomes, you, you take that traditional word, you throw it out the window. Yeah, so correct. We still attribute that to being a brown ale, but when we're talking about traditional brown mm -hmm. ales, things that have been around for hundreds of years. Right. There's recipes, there's characteristics that you absolutely want to follow. Right. Uh, when you're making a and, and, I, and to that point, like number two, you had some of those characteristics. Number sure. one, 
we were kind of digging yeah. to try to find characteristics. That's so the stayed true and built on top of it. Right. Yeah, that was so that's when you saw that core foundation. Right. Um, now don't be wrong, number three is still the beer that won the war. Oh uh, yes. But yes. I, I can appreciate number two for what they were trying to do and stay in true to form, but at the same time. Right. And yep. I still really like beer number one. Beer number one is a fine beer. If I but it, like like we said, if we walk into a pub and we want a brown ale and they, if they hand me beer number one, I would kind of start asking questions. And, yep. Especially if the person that decided to pour me said beer and told me that that was a brown ale. I liked it though. Like I said, probably my least favorite one, but definitely not a bad beer. Fair enough. All right. All right. What's the reveal? The reveal. So, um, just for we are trying to um, put some more empirical backing to you know this show. So basically, the as people rank these beers, when a beer comes in first place, it gets three points. Beer comes in second place, gets two points. Beer comes in third place, gets one point. Across the board tonight, beer number three was the favorite beer. Beer number two was the second favorite beer, and beer number one was the least favorite. Uh, it kind of sounds like all these beers were good, um, but when it comes down to English styles, um, beer number three won the war, to use your saying, Daniel. All right, so I'm going to finish my beer number three. <laughs> Damn, that's good. <laughs> And I'm going to reveal beer number one. Beer number one, it's not deja vu, people. We did have this on the last episode. <laughs> it was the Samuel Smith Nut Brown Brown Ale. And I find this funny. Because this beer, when we did the introduction, we we paired it up against... Um, what was it? Newcastle and one... Oh, the Bell's Best Brown. And this was the favorite. That shocks me. So I know you like that Bell's, Bell's Best. Best Brown, yeah. But that's what I thought. I thought I said the Bell's yeah. Best Brown was the number one there. Maybe it was two. I don't. It was number two. It probably. was number two. Yeah. Either way, Newcastle was number three now. So I know we that. We have to talk. Yeah, to we fair, did. We did. Fair, I think the recipe may have changed. So. Um, but, yeah. We are both in agreement on that, and that's probably something that we need to talk about off of this. Yes, or, yeah. We'll, we'll, t- we'll but, deal with that later. Yes. But I love beer number one. Um, <laughs> honestly, Beer Advocate had it ranked 4.09 out of 5. Um, that's one reason why I had this beer uh, twice now. Um <laughs> It, it's, I mean, it is true to character. It's definitely, it, it's imported. It is brewed in the UK. Um, but I've got to say that this beer is boasted as being aged in stone. So instead of stainless steel, instead of, you know, barrels or anything, it's got this stone. And not only that, it uses well water dug up from 85 deep in the ground. So that water is going to be, you know, very mineral concentrated. And then that stone, it's not going to, um, the stone is going to impact it. Not much, but it will much more than stainless steel, which what is something we are all used to drinking beer from, fermented from. Um, so Beer Advocate had this ranked 4.09 out of 5. Beer Connoisseur had it 87 out of 100. Rate Beer 86 out of 100. And Untapped is 3.62 out of 5. IBUs on this beer is 30, 
and the ABV sits at 5%. Okay. And then, so, I mean, that mineral taste is must, what, mass that, because that ABV is pretty low. Yeah. That's what we were saying, yeah. really, is like coating that tongue yeah. to a lot of that yep. iron that's weighing really heavily on the tongue. A little bit of that acidity, yeah. too, that's created on yeah. that yeah. puckering, and yeah, yep. absolutely. So, beer number two. Um, this one, I gotta say, I, I do like the name better than the beer. Uh, this, <laughs> Always a good sign. This is the, no, it was a fine beer, but sure. I mean, just saying, this is very creative. Uh, the Witchwood Hobgoblin. Oh. Ruby. So, um, oh, I'm sorry, I, I totally forgot. Backtrack, <laughs> rewind. Beer number one averaged 285 a 12-ounce bottle. Okay. So, and it's sold in four packs, where I found it. So the Witchwood Hobgoblin Brown Ale, it too sits 225, or it sits 225. Uh, it too is sold in a four pack. It is imported, uh, so it is a true UK brewed brown ale, English brown ale. Um, Beer Advocate though has this ranked 3.76. Beer Connoisseur didn't have it. I'm about to drop Beer Connoisseur. Like, they don't have anything. <laughs> no. I, I don't I know why still, we still use them. I know. Yeah, All I right. Think, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you guys put in applications to work for them, and that way when we do this beer podcast, we can review these beers No, I want to put them out of business and have them work for us. <laughs> I think Sleep with one eye on the beer connoisseur. Maybe. The hot dog is a little harder to find. It, it is. Uh, it, it is. is. You're not going to every corner liquor store and find it. I would tell you where I got it, but they're not sponsoring us yet, so... Oh, hey, they're not sponsoring us. <laughs> they don't get mentions. That's how it rolls. <laughs> uh, Rate Beer had this at 47 out of 100. Now, I think it's a little higher than that, honestly. I think it's more that specialized it, taste It's a specialized taste, and here's the, if it's if it's not a traditional, then you're going to rank it lower. Yeah. You know? And then... Yeah, a little bit more hop on that one, Yep. Yeah, that, that that's what we all liked about that, yeah. though, too. So, But it was like a, a chocolatey yeah. hop. Like yeah. you said, <laughs> a, a dark chocolate. Yep. Jinx, you owe me a beer. Uh, and then finally, Untapped had it ranked 3.48 out of 5. Uh, this beer, 32 IBUs, so not that much more. Really? And let's, let's go back to episode one where it's that perceived bitterness. Perceived bitterness. Yeah. I would pers- so my perceived bitterness is much higher than 32. So, yeah, so I would not have said that was a 32. Well, I mean, even even the malts used in beer yeah. one, if if it's different, which I can only assume they are, uh, it might allow more of that bitterness to come up while leaving the IBUs at 32. That's uh, true. Interesting. Uh, but the ABV, it too is uh, just 0.2 percent higher, and it's it's 5.2 percent. Um, the hops on this are. Fuggles? Fugles? What? Uh, F-U-G-G-L-E-S. Okay, that's... Uh, and Cyranians. So, that might play a part as well. Okay. Um, I would say definitely English hops. Not, not American. Definitely. <laughs> uh, I would say so. Yeah. I, I'm guessing on that, but I don't, I don't know. Good fear, but... All right, yeah. so I don't think any of these were bad beers. I, I, I think that's some were a little more traditional. Some had a lot more different characteristics. Yep. Like I said, I did not dislike any of the beers that we tried. Well, I gotta say, I was laughing inside as you guys were going on about beer number three, saying it's traditional. This is 
This is what I'm yeah. looking for, blah, blah, blah. It's Coors Light. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> no, it's not Coors Light. Um, but this hey, is... Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know it. That's good. This is actually um, in English. How do they put it? An English style American brown, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Kenyatta. So it's an English brown ale made here in America. Okay. By Abita Brewing Company. Okay. So I love this name too, Turbo Dog. Like, how cool is that name? Yeah. So, I think it's funny that, you know, the, you know, the styles that us Americans are looking for happen to be in the American-made English-style beer. (laughs) And then the true imported beers. And finding imports are tough. Yes, they are. Anyway, but... I think also the struggle we have is a lot of the imports we're going to get from England are going to be more of your commercial... Imports. Correct. So I think I think Good in point. this case, a beta may have actually a little more leeway to get a little more creative, have a little more of that complexity, and really maybe even though they're American, really nail that small town brown cascale yep. more than say a Samuel Smithwood or a Hobgoblin who's doing a much wider distribution. So to your point on that, yeah, how much how much distribution does Sam Smith actually do? So. I mean, it's I would assume it's a lot. I mean, I, know, speak. I mean, if you go to a lot of like your liquor stores, you're gonna find. You no, know, if you're lucky, you'll find some old speckled hen. But you're gonna find your Fullers. You're gonna find your Samuel Smith and your Samuel. The biggest thing for me is you'll find your Samuel Smith like taster box yeah. that has all their. Like, you know, it's not quite a Carling. Right. It's not that level, but it's, I think it's definitely gonna be more internationally distributed than say a smaller right. true English egg. That's a fair point. They that is. That really is. Think of it's that, kind so. of. It's like when. Uh, you go down south to Mexico, you know, they're not drinking Patron, they're drinking the good stuff, whereas up here, Patron is like, yeah. oh. Yeah. Which All is right. why I don't like any tequila. Yeah. But. <laughs> that also proves true, the further you go west to like California, where they're all drinking like, you know, Maker's Mark or Woodford, and then you come to Kentucky, everybody's drinking a lot of higher quality than yeah. 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 Maker's. We're not drinking yeah. Maker's. Yeah, they just have wider yeah. distribution. Yeah. Nothing yeah. wrong with Maker's, though. <laughs> <laughs> They're not sponsoring us yet. Yeah, they're not, they're not sponsoring oh, us if yet. anything, we're going to get uh, seltzer water. Yeah. No. <laughs> Stitzel Weller, yeah. who yeah. makes Bullet, who yes. employs Owen, and yeah. that's why yeah. it's funny, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I do but, like that Bullet hat on a separate note. Thank we, you. I need a hookup on that one. But this beer, um, by far much cheaper. Six pack for eight ninety nine averages a buck fifty a bottle. Wow. So I mean, you talk domestics and you're talking seventy five cents. You double up and you've got this beer that we all went bonkers for. <laughs> um, the beer advocate had to rank three point six six out of five. Beer connoisseur, guess what? Kenyatta. Not Nada. there. <laughs> Yeah, rate, beer, rate beer 49 out of 100. What do you say to that? I think that, I think that it really shines through that we did this as a blind tasting with one specific style of beer in mind, and that was all of our favorite across the board, hands down. We didn't have anything. Yeah. Like, not, not one of us said that beer number one or two was going to be the better side of this brown ale. So, keep that in mind, the beat it knock it out of the park. The beat is a great group. Yes. Yeah. When I was first starting to get into the craft beers, and this 
know, didn't know any other place to buy it other than Kroger. There was always the Turbo Dog. There was always the Purple Haze yep. they had there, which were you know, about super purple fruity, haze. very yep. clean. Mm-hmm. But it's something that was approachable to somebody yep. that, you know, if they only drank Coors Light or Coors Banquet Brew or something like that, if you gave them one of those, they would actually say, this is different, but I still dig it. Yep. And so I, I, I really like beer number three. Uh, beers number one and two, I guess they were a little bit more traditional, but they, they, they weren't bad beers. I, I really liked beer number one. What was Untapped again? 3.5? Uh, untapped is uh, 3.52 hmm. out of five on this one. Interesting. See, well, I think part of the danger you also run into, and I mean, this is one of the hardest parts about, you know, when you're trying to try a new beer, you're reading reviews and things like that, which is one of the reasons I really love this podcast. Um, I mean, I know Thank I told you, you guys, like, one of the things I always told about brown ale is brown ales are all forgotten. When yes. people are talking beers, when you go into a craft brewery, like, you know, God bless Great Flood, because you come into Great Flood, they actually have a brown ale. It's not, hey, we have 15 taps, 10 of them are IPAs. And nothing against IPAs, but craft beer is supposed to be about trying new things. Craft it's beer is about very broad. Flavors. Absolutely. And so I think when you're going to beer, you know, when you're going to beer advocate, beer connoisseurs, and you're doing different websites like that, you kind of have to be cognizant of what's on trend. Mm-hmm. Because what's on trend is going to be trending higher. You're going to get those, and so I think one of the biggest things, and one of the reasons, you know, I love this show, is that you kind of start learning. Hey, I like this flavor. Hey, I like this. You know, I like this color, this profile. So when you're looking at a beer and it says, "Hey, this has a vanilla or a toffee or a more malty forward finish," you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, they may only rank it like a 45, but they're knocking everything on the part that I love. I'm going to go ahead and pick that beer up because yep. this is what I love." Set the, set the score aside mm-hmm. and find what fits you and find right. what you want to go for. for yeah. Right. If, if the big thing is IPAs, which we definitely are, and like yeah. an IPA craze, uh, a few years ago we had the grapefruit IPA. And now it seems to be like the mango, the citra, the blood orange, yeah. you know, with all of that. I'm a fan of the citra IPA. And, uh, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, now we're in that haze craze, IPA, yeah, so everything's which, got juice which we've in done it. an episode on. Yep. Um, it, it is, and if it doesn't fit what they're looking for within that trend, they are going to knock it down a peg or two. It's fair, um, and, and we've seen those trends. Like, the Saison trend was there for a yeah. while, but we had mm-hmm. the Sour trend briefly, thank God. Thank God, briefly. <laughs> thank God, briefly. <laughs> um, I'm not the biggest fan of this. It has to be a very, very, very good sour in order for me to sit there. Agreed. Well, <laughs> luckily, we are, we're getting in a bourbon barrel age season. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, sours are eight, nine months away yeah. from coming back out. But Russian Imperials. Yeah. Hey, I hate I winter that, and so. I don't like cold weather, but I love the beer that's associated with it. Yeah. So. Russian yeah, Imperials yeah. sounds like a good time. All right, guys. So <laughs> that concludes this episode of the Advocates Advocates podcast. Kenyatta, did you want to add anything else before we sign off here? Um, keep listening. Drink what you love. Love what you drink. And uh, drink responsibly. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, keep listening, and and uh, we'll get you some more good stuff. We'll thank keep you going. Guys. Daniel, Owen, as always, thank you so much for being on. Daniel, thanks for being a uh, yeah, awesome. supporter even before the get-go. We really yep. appreciate that and thrilled to have you on the show tonight. You, you, need, to to, you need to come back because uh, we can do it. You got some knowledge to drop. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> All right, so just some final thoughts. Please do follow us on Facebook. And uh, while you're there, go ahead and join our group. That is actually how Daniel got his spot here tonight on the show. He uh, was very active. Uh, He posted reviews. He made it clear that he knows he likes brown ales. 
And so we want this show is for you all. We want you all to be here. We want you all to get the most out of it. Um, we are also looking for some sponsors to keep us going. Um, it doesn't have to be much, but if you do want to plug in or if you've got you know a small business something uh, that you want to reach the audience that we are targeting here on the show, please email me at Spence. That is Spencer without the R at Advocates the number two advocate.com and uh, we we are I'm still going to pitch it holidays are around the corner if you really <laughs> want to differentiate yourself have something fun different exciting um, your in-laws maybe you know help them pass out a little bit wind them down uh, invite, invite us over uh, we would love to do a formal tasting with beer wine or spirits uh, lay upon you some education uh, what sour mash is what rye is um, what makes different bourbons you know tick especially here in Kentucky a little further north maybe it's wine um, what whatever your palate is um, because in the end the only thing that matters is that you drink what you love you love what you drink but please always drink responsibly until next week cheers 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 Chris salute uh, clean. <laughs> I've decided I don't like brownies. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't found your brownies. There we go. The third one was good. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, was the only one that was not English. Yeah. Everyone likes the third one.